Hello, and welcome to another episode of Be the Power Protect You, a podcast where we talk about everything that goes on with Power Rangers, including comic book reviews and, you know, the last chunk of a season of TV and just, you know, everything that goes on in the morphing grid. I'm one of your hosts, Joel, and with me, as always, is... It's Kevin. Sorry, I'm missing my daddy void night. <laughs> I'm just going to shake my head um, and we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. We'll move on. I'm, in, I'm in mourning, okay? I just. Uh, you'll, they'll see. Okay. They'll see. Okay. And, okay. Anyhow, um, before we dive into our topics, like we do every week, we want to take a moment to encourage our listeners to find a way that you can be a hero out there in the world. Um, in the past, we've highlighted things like the Black Lives Matter movement, which is ongoing and still needs support, um, to the ongoing crisis in the Ukraine, to the constant and frustrating attempts to limit human rights and reproductive rights within the U.S. Uh, just find a way that you can help, whether that's donating time or money, joining in protests safely if you can, um, helping with streams that like generate revenue for nonprofits, uh, just anything that you can do that will make a better change in the world. Find a way that you can help. Be a hero in your own way. Let's make this world a better mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that... We will start today with comic books, because this week, issue number three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two released. It was written Mm -hmm. by Ryan Parrott, Mm -hmm. illustrated by Dan Mora, colored by Raul Angelo with letters by Ed Duchar. And the previous description for it is, it's Shredder versus Ranger X, as the battle goes underway and Rita's armies are a more powerful match for our depowered heroes. Unlikely alliances and unlikely sanctuaries are abound as the Rangers and Turtles, specifically Billy and Donatello, put their heads together and create a secret weapon. But the problem is, it might change them in a way that they can't come back from. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of this issue, Kevin? Well, I loved it. It was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um... I think the stakes keep like raising in every issue yeah. and it, it's really interesting because, and we've talked about this before, like with Rita in this comic specifically, like she is out for blood and it's kind of like a fun parallel to like the Mistress Vile stuff happening at the same time mm-hmm. in the main series. Um, but I think it was a lot of fun seeing, uh, obviously the return of the Shredder um, and him pretty much having that... I don't want I I don't want anybody to win except for me, but I don't want Rita to win type situation where like he feels betrayed and like he is basically allying with the Rangers to ensure that they can, uh, you know, stop Krang and Rita from destroying the Earth. Like it's very it's very like with the Shredder's character and motivations, like it makes sense. Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of really good art in this issue, and there's a particular <sighs> panel that I'll talk about uh, here in a second that I. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a nod to something until I saw Ryan's tweet about it, so I now love it. It's probably one of my favorite things about this issue. So, yeah, but I what think, did you think? I really liked it. Um, it just continues on with the series being great. Um, it's full of wonderful character moments throughout, from you know each of the Rangers, each of the Turtles, to Shredder, to the villains having one of the funniest but most amazing moments yeah. in the comic. Um, and I have to wonder if part of it is not uh, Ryan using Casey jones as a cipher for him to just sit there and go why do you keep doing this 
why keep attacking Earth? <laughs> and then he came up with the yeah. perfect response for Rita and Craig to have. <laughs> um, it yeah. just, it's so much fun. Um, and, and obviously, like, if you've been looking at solicitations, if you've been looking at the covers that have been coming out, mm-hmm. um, we've known for a hot minute that the Rangers were in some way going to become uh, mutated. We knew this going yes. in. We weren't sure how it was going to happen. And I did really like that the twist wasn't like something that the villains did to them. It wasn't something that was forced on them. Yeah. It was kind of a last-ditch effort that they had. They and they took it because yeah. the Rangers will do whatever it takes to save the day. Um, and I, I really liked that twist on it. Um, and then I love yeah. that, like in the ensuing chaos of them trying to learn how to navigate these new bodies, um, Splinter comes down to help. And I just, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was a really nice moment. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, I really liked that Splinter is kind of, because Zordon, with the command center being down, Zordon is having to be stuck in basically a briefcase for right now. Um, Splinter kind of gets to step in and play the mentor role in this Mm -hmm. sequel series, which I think is, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm assuming that probably the fourth issue is going to be Splinter training them. And then the fifth issue is going to be like kicking butt and then all that kind of resolving. Um but yeah, no, I I think it's a lot of fun, and I think uh, it was really fun watching the Rangers get used to being mutated. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because some of them worked really well with their mutations, while others were kind of, like, not working well. Like, poor Kimberly, for example. Um, but I think one of the things I really did enjoy was, like, how they came about it by basically combining the Morphers with Mutagen. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Oh, and um, I think it's fun too because it, it's a Donatello invention. As much as the preview was trying to make it out that both Billy and Donatello do it, no, this is like a Donatello thing, yeah. which is a nice like mirror to Billy coming up with the Shadow yeah. Morphers. Like I, I, I just yeah. like it that it's a win that Donatello gets when Billy had the like Shadow Morpher earlier in the series. Yeah. So I just I like that yeah. kind of mirroring of things as well. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, no, I thought it was really fun. And it leads to us getting a very a very nice full page art of them transforming and then like the morphing sequence they get, uh, which is also interesting because like instead of holding the morpher out, they're actually like, it's almost like they're injecting themselves with the morpher and the fluid. Yeah. Uh, so that was a really cool touch. And of course, um, it led to a page that we I didn't realize but it was Ryan. It was Ryan and Dan doing an homage to one of his original pages in Go-Go Power Rangers when they morph for the first time. Yep. And, like, right down to the layout and the posing, like, except this time it now has Tommy in it. And I didn't realize that until after uh, Ryan had pointed it out on Twitter when he was like, if you're going to steal from somebody, steal from yourself. And I I just, it's all those little nods and, like, the continuity things. Like, even even little things of, like, Rita now being stronger, like, she doesn't hold her staff, she lets it float beside her. And, like, even just little nods like that in the issue, I think, is just, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's been really cool because like I've even had friends who have seen Dan Moore's art um for this issue outside like of like the issue, like on social media, reaching out asking what it was and like being like, This is really cool. Um so it's it's it it's not just like us being like ingratiated in these like comics and like loving them. These are just like I think it's really yeah. great comic books and great comic art yeah. um that anyone would love. It just it's so oh, yeah. fun. Well, I think it's just, that's also Dan's style. Like, Dan, mm-hmm. Dan I feel like, I, I would almost, I almost want to say that Dan is definitely going to 
with their career. I, I have a feeling that Dan is going to be remembered long after this comic, but also for like, as one of the more, as one of the best modern day comic artists, like he just, he knocks it out of the park in any series that he does. Yep. I would honestly love to see Dan on the ongoing TMNT series. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun with that continuity, what he could do with that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he, he keeps I mean, getting work and like, like, yeah, he's getting like Nightwing and like other big comics i mean he's drawing batman and superman right now and then like he's one of the main designers for most of like the dc initiatives that have been happening recently um all i ask is hey dc you better be paying him because he deserves it he's very good at what he does does. and he does he deserves to not be like and like with the speed he can do everything they need to be taking good care of him that, oh, yeah. that would be I'm sure that would be my my one one thing I would put out in the universe is they better be taking care of this man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I hope so. I really do. Um but yeah, I think it's just it continues to show like Ryan and Dan when they work together it's just oh. a really good combination and I am so excited to see what's to come in this issue. Um Yeah. What did you think of the Ranger X reveal in this issue as well? I mean it makes sense. It's perfectly like we we knew Casey Jones was not fully evil, yeah. and like there was some kind of twist. Yeah. It makes sense. It's perfectly in line with the character. Yeah. Um, I'm more excited to see what next issue brings with the turtles going into Dimension X with Casey Jones yeah. and Shredder, uh, because obviously we're leading to the them getting the other four morphers from Dimension X. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also curious, what is the twist going to be that, how is Shredder going to turn this towards his advantage? Oh yeah, no Shredder, Shredder will do something. He always yeah. does. Yeah. And I, I just, it, every issue we get of this, I just more and more, I honestly just would love for MMPR TMNT to be an ongoing, like there is so much they could do. Like, honestly, make a spinoff TMNT Ranger series where it's like them with the Dimension X Morphers and like I I just there's so much they could do with this sandbox they've made that I I want to see more I just I, I know they can do a lot with this I, I'm sure I would rather them keep doing miniseries though because there is something about the constraint of a miniseries that allows you to tell a tighter story than if you're trying to write an ongoing and that's just my personal preference. Like we can keep doing these six issue minis and then just keep calling yeah. them two, three, four, five. I'm fine with that. That's totally yeah. cool. Um, and I'm sure Ryan would keep doing it. The thing I actually kind of want is after this issue and seeing the like, um, mutant rangers at this point, I guess is what mm-hmm. we're kind of calling them, um, in action is I want these animated. I would really like to see these turned into animated yeah. films. Um, so Hasbro, yeah. if you can hear this, uh, if you're looking to try out animation for Power Rangers, hey, you now have two perfectly good stories that you can do. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, 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 I and think... let Ryan and let Ryan write it. He's a screenwriter. I bet he could take it and punch it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I think it's just this is like the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. Like, I think of, like, the Batman TMNT crossover that happened a few years ago, and, like, each one as it kept going, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, this is fine, this is fine, and then, like, it just kind of, like, wavered in quality, but, like, it feels like with the this ser- miniseries on top of the other miniseries, like, it's, it's just staying consistently good, which I, is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think it helps that, like, one, these things are so much, like, closer than I would say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman are. <laughs> yeah. Um, They've got like a similar DNA, but there's still enough differences between the two of them that they can be distinct. Um, there's also just like, I think 
you know, you have Ryan who knows the Ranger character so well and obviously loves the turtles and knows yeah. them. It's just a great combination. And I think that's why this works so well. And I'm just like, my thing is rather than turning it into an ongoing where we would likely have to have another team and another artist doing this, um, keep giving Ryan and Dan as much runway as they need to do these mini series. If we only get yeah. one every two years, cause so Dan will have the time to draw it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm loving it. I cannot wait. Uh, I have no idea where we're going to go next in the next two issues. Uh, to wrap things up or where what insanity uh ryan's gonna have in store for us yeah who knows let's place our bets um there'll be a technodrome megazord like evil zord or Hmm. technodrome cyclopsis fusion you know that (laughs) i'm calling it i'm calling it manifesting okay and you know you've you've been right before so i'm gonna trust you and go yeah the rush (laughs) <laughs> it's good to be queen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said i guess that any last thoughts on mighty morphin power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles number two number three <laughs> i just i want it to keep going i don't want it to end and i can't wait to see what happens next exactly exactly but with that said, we will move on to Dino Fury. Hey, it's been a minute, but it today has. we're going to cover episode 20, episode 21, and episode 22 of season two, which is like the last three episodes. And mm-hmm. um, I will quickly go through the credits for each of them, and then we can dive right in. So season two, episode 20, The Invasion, was directed by Craig Wilson with a story by Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dill, a teleplay by Guy Langford, Cameron Dixon, and Steve McCleary. When the Rafconians arrive in Pine Ridge, the Rangers are shocked to learn they believe humans are selfish and intend to colonize Earth. But when their leader, Aurea, sees the good that humans have in their hearts in the midst of a massive sports, sports beast attack, her mind is changed. That leads to Season 2, Episode 21, The Truth, directed by Simon Bennett, written by Alwyn Dale and Becca Barnes. And as the city citizens flee in the wake of the Sporks Beast invasion, the Rangers find an energy cocoon created by the Void Queen that could destroy Pine Ridge. And then finally, Season 2, Episode 22, The Nemesis. Directed by Simon Bennett, mm-hmm. story by Becca Barnes and Alwyn Dale. After Tarek moves the energy cocoon outside of the city, the Rangers must do battle with the Void Queen and her massive Nemesis Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of gave like the story beats as I read it, which is cool. But um, what did you think of these three episodes? And we can start kind of going into individual discussions yeah. after that. I mean, I think really... I think one thing that Dino Fury has continued to do well and that we were really blessed with, and it's crazy to think about, is the fact that Dino Fury was originally only going to be a 22-episode season. Yep. Um, And obviously, like, these bits and pieces, like, form a three-part finale. Um, I I just shudder to think of, like, how... And I'm sure... I I trust the writing team. I trust Simon. I'm sure they would have made it, like, if it was just a two-episode finale, it would have all worked. But the pacing and everything else of these three episodes together, I I think really, it really cements Dino Fury as one of the top seasons of Power Rangers in terms of writing, setup, and feeling. Um, I think one thing that I really enjoy about this is that like there's room for these pieces to breathe and grow. Yeah. Which in most recent seasons we've had the problem where they're not allowed to do multi episode stories. They're not allowed to you know do more than two parters. 
And so we've had finales that felt so rushed, not even the Neo Savannah era, even in the Disney era. And like, I just, I feel like what this, what this arc does is it gives room for the episodes to breathe while also simultaneously concluding and wrapping up story threads that were there from the start of the series. So I, I enjoy this finale. I rewatching it a second time was just a lot of fun and we can delve more into that, but that's my overall thoughts. What about you? Um, I really love it too. Um, I'm willing to bet in the like 22 season arc that this was exactly how it existed. Um, yeah, they they, I bet they knew the last three episodes are going to be these three. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. we know like the rest of the things that were really added were a lot of the Lord said stuff and that took up a lot of the stuff. And like, I, I don't know. Yeah. This just makes the most sense to me. Um, I do love the little thing in this is I love that their titles all mirror each other because it's just the blank, the blank, the blank. And I think that's yeah. really fun. Um, yeah. and I love what these episodes do is it's a layering of issues. Um, every, mm-hmm. like, something is added on, something's taken away, then something else is added on, and we are constantly yeah. escalating. Um, and there's a really fun element introduced in episode two, which is like this ticking, literal ticking time bomb, um, that leads into the yeah. finale. It's just all really well done. It's really fun. Um, we get some interesting complications for the Rangers and just so much fun. Um, it's yeah. also fascinating that where it ends, they did not know that they were getting Cosmic Fury at the time, and it's really fascinating to have that as an ending point. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm assuming that probably they told them, hey, you're going to come back in a team-up or something. Like I could see them say, telling them that until they knew what was going to happen. But Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think, and we can talk about this more once we get through the episodes. Like I think also this finale does a really good job because it reveals the overall heart of Dino Fury and what its theme is. Um, yeah. And I, it's interesting because rewatching it, I realize like this is also, it has some of the standard tropes of a Power Rangers finale, but yeah. the way it the way it concludes is probably the most unique finale we've had of any season, honestly, and yeah. the theming of it. So we can talk about that more in a minute. But yeah, I just like it. It's really it's really well done. Um. Well, so let's go ahead and dive in and we'll start in with the invasion. Um, so this episode picks up from the last one. Um, the, the Rangers are reeling from the attack by Void King into the Dino Mm -hmm. Hinge base. Um, yes. And as the Rangers are reeling from this, uh, a spaceship appears over Pine Ridge. Um, (laughs) and yeah, which, yeah, that I, I love the line that leads into that. Uh, from Chase. Yeah, where Chase is like, knowing our luck, it's gonna be. What was it? I think it was Galvanax with Vengex in tow or something. It's like that. Lord said with Galvanax and Vengex in tow. I wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> there's also a like there's just like a lot of great moments in this one, but then we get the reveal of the Rafconians, um, and. Now, there has been much scuttlebutt online about how bad these outfits are. I will grant everyone they are not the best design costumes in the show. Um, I've seen jokes made that, oh, what did they have, 50 bucks? And I'm like, I bet they only did have 50 bucks. I bet they had a very limited yeah. budget at the end of their season yeah. to uh, yeah. costume what is like roughly 20 stunt people. And an actress that yeah. is going to have FaceTime. Um, so they yeah. came up with like a, a cool idea. 
uh, uh, they are an interesting costuming idea. They pretty much have them in like what looks like paintball gear. <laughs> um, yeah. And they've like kind of painted it and made it look like a little <laughs> bit like armor. Um, I don't yeah. mind it. I think it's fine. Um, we do get the line that these characters are supposed to be scavengers and that they've been nomads since uh, yeah. Rafcon was kind of taken over by Sporks Beasts and ravaged by them. Um, <laughs> and we get this introduction to Aurea and they get their... Or, I think that's how we say her name. I'm blanking on it yeah. now. But, um, and we get obviously the excitement from, um, Zato and Ion. Um, yeah. until we find out what Aurea's plan is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, of course, Aurea's plan being, uh, we are going to take the earth and leave the humans because they just destroy everything, which yeah. she's not wrong. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely that, like, I just find it interesting, too, because, like, it's definitely that feeling of, like, almost like a tertiary villain coming in at first. Yeah. yeah um, if that makes sense. No, it does. It, it's a... Like, I, I mentioned the phrase layering. This is what I'm, I'm talking about as well, as, like, the yeah. layering of issues in this episode. Because we have... Sporks have been taken by Void King. Aurea shows up. Oh, no, they're not good. They're not here to help. Oh, no, Void yeah. Queen has put something else. It's just... It's this really layering of complications and like the ra- these Dino Fury Rangers do not get a moment of letting up. Um, but I do want to call out as she's revealing her whole plan to Zato and Ion, there is yeah probably some of the funniest lines ever is like <laughs> Zato is listening and Ion just the whole time keeps leaning over. He's like, the vibes aren't good. Oh no, yeah. now the vibes are terrible. Um, yeah. And there's this great moment. I obviously like, you know, Zato and Ion are not down for this. They argue against it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice because you have two black characters being like, hey, we're not going to be colonizers. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of nice um, yeah. in a metatextual sense. Um, but yeah. as like they're squaring up to face off against Aurea, uh, Void Queen begins sending out Sporix all over yep. the place. Yep. And one of our favorite tropes from Power Rangers season, old monsters coming back in the finale. Yeah, I mean, and, and they got the use of all of them. <laughs> yep, um, yeah. It, it it reminded me a lot of Jungle Fury's finale. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And uh, Storm. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I get a little bit of, like, Dino Charge, too, honestly, is a little yeah. bit of the vibe I get. I mean, obviously, Dino's in, like, kind of an extinction-level event, but... Um, yeah. And then from here, we get just, like, a lot of great interactions as, like, um, the rangers head down to fight. There's this wonderful moment when the rangers are there. They're like, oh, we've got these monsters. And the rangers are like, nope, we'll skip the formalities. And one of the monsters is like, but I practiced a speech. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then we get uh, just a ton of really great choreography, fight choreography with, like, the yeah. rangers and the Rafconians helping out to fight the various sporks monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a moment where, uh, Pop Pop has been, like, out with, like, a bunch of people planning while the attacks had happened, and they get attacked, and the Rangers and the Rafconians go to help out, and in the course of the battle, Aurea ends up having to save Pop Pop from getting attacked, Mm -hmm. uh, and he calls out as he sees her, those antenna, keep that in mind, um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh... One of the monsters grows large in the course of this fight. Yep. Um, Ollie gets to pilot the blue-centric Megazord, which I really love. Um, yeah. There was... 
as much as people hate these like cockpit designs which i don't mind i actually really love them and i i still kind of stand by them they are gray but they do have enough accents that make them unique yeah and i like the way they're designed so that they have depth and field um and Mm -hmm. i will argue against anyone that thinks the current sentais are better where they're standing on a green screen because i like that there are actual sets Uh, but Again, yeah. what I like about the fact that Power Rangers is shooting their own cockpits is they are allowed to do things like this where Ollie can take those orb yeah. by himself and the other Rangers can do things. Uh, but in the fight, uh, Zeto and Ion on the ground uh, begin passing back and forth master mode, which is also another great kind of fight scene that I really love. Um, and they end up destroying yeah. the monster while human size. <laughs> Yep, which, which I, I think that was from the Sentai, right? Yes, that is from the Sentai, but it is uh, very yeah. funny and kind of insane to have happen. Yeah, um, it's a lot of fun when you get that moment. And the end of this episode is as the fights are ongoing, Pop Pop has remained around to kind of keep an eye on things. And he sees Aurea about to be attacked and he goes and protects her and gets hurt in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, Amelia reveals her identity to Pop Pop. <laughs> And Aurea has a moment of realizing that not all humans are selfish. Some are selfless. Yeah. Uh, and there's yeah. a great Zeta line of like, oh, they surprise me every day, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of this episode, as Pop Pop is in the Dino Fury base, reeling from his injury, he reveals that Amelia's parents were aliens at Area 62. Mm-hmm. And when that came out, I kind of figured where the rest of this was going to go. <laughs> Well, if I wasn't already yeah. yeah. If I wasn't already sure, I I knew from here. Um, yeah. But that being said, what did you think of this episode um, with the introduction of the Rafconians and kind of the yeah. twist on them? Well, I think I think they did a good job of making a twist because in I think in older seasons they would have been more altruistic and like it, it highlights for me the fact that it has been millions of years since Zato and Ion have even seen other Rafconians. Yeah. And so it makes sense that like this peaceful scientific based you know culture has basically been demoted to scavenging and like they're having to like go go out amongst the stars and see what they can find like yeah. so it, it's a good twist on the old trope of I got reunited with my people and now oh wait they're evil like it, it's a good twist and I think it also it continues to have that discussion, I think, of, you know, humanity, like that that common trope as well. So I thought it was really well done. Um, I think the best part of the episode for me, of course, is the ending with Amelia and Pop-Pop and the revelation of Amelia's parents. Uh, I definitely think that it was really well done. Um, and of course, it does bleed into the the next episode. Um, but I think it just, I legitimately thought Pop Pop was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't have been surprised if they went that route, but it was just, it was so well done between the staging of it, the music, um, Hunter's performance as Amelia. It it just was all really well done. Yep. Agreed. So it's a really solid lead into the, the next part of the finale, which gets even crazier as we keep going. Yeah. The one, the one thing that I kind of wish the Aurea switch is quick um she does have to like immediately be like well what human saved me so all humans are fine um yeah which i understand um 
a part of me does wish we maybe could have gotten like an episode or two more with the Rafconians before this reveal was like maybe have them show up in another episode have Zato and yeah. Ion reach out. Like there, there's stuff I wish they could have done with Aurea. Also, I wish there was at least like one or two other Rafconians we could have met. But I understand we're working with limited time, limited budget. Yeah. I understand everything. It, it works in this. Um, so that was that would be my one complaint about the evasion. But overall, I like I said, I really love the way they've layered issues and the way this kind of just it ratchets up tensions for the Rangers, leading to these final moments. Um, but with yeah. that said. Let's move on to the truth. Uh, and yes. So obviously, I'm sure you love this opening moments between Amelia and Pop Pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pop Pop reveals, of course, Amelia's origins to her. And as she is kind of realizing the truth, <laughs> see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Um, antennae pop up that are very familiar. And we learn that Amelia is actually Rafconian. What did you think of the big reveal? Uh, I I liked it. I thought it was a mm-hmm. nice moment. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I have some issue with how they do it because we technically see the reveal twice. Yeah. In the show. And I understand why they did what they did. But it is weird, um, especially I, part of me thinks if they knew they were going to streaming, they maybe wouldn't have done that. But I think they thought, yeah. you know, in case this had commercials, we have to remind kids. Yeah, they, they were they were probably working with some restrictions that likely wouldn't have been there had they known they were going on to um, mm-hmm. Netflix. But that being said, I really do like the reveal. I like the way it's done where Amelia starts using it a power. Um, there is a question of like why she never used it before here. But hey, we'll go with this as X-Men rules. Um, her power yeah. didn't develop until she was really stressed. I'm yeah. fine with that. We can no prize this away in any way, but I do love how they did it with like her getting the little antenna, her freaking out when she realizes mm-hmm. what's happened. Um, and also I thought they did a really good job with the flashback, just the way it's filmed. Yeah. Um, I love the shot of Pop Pop running in front of the trucks as the building explodes behind yeah. him. It's just a really dynamic shot that I wouldn't thought mm-hmm. Power Rangers would ever do, but it's yeah. a really cool one. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I do love that when, uh, like Amelia's done freaking out with Pop Pop, uh, the other Rangers return mm-hmm. and she just walks out and the other Rangers are, are <laughs> they have kind of a, a smaller reaction than I would have thought. Yeah. Um, obviously, Zeno and Ion are really excited, but everyone else yeah. is like so cool about it, especially Ollie yeah. too. <laughs> Well, I think too, like they're kind of they're with as quirky as Amelia is. They kind of were just. I think if it was me and I knew her, I would be like, "Oh, that makes sense." Yeah, <laughs> that explains a whole lot. Yeah, um, and I, I thought it was a good reveal and a good twist. Like, I think it definitely like it adds a lot of heart to her arc, and it kind yeah. of helps. It helps create a solid foundation for her, and eventually the reveal of who her parents are. Yeah. Um. I, I think, too, they did a good job of, like, foreshadowing it, but it not being obvious. I did not clock it until probably the when the antenna sprouted. Like, I actually had a friend after part two premiered that was like, yeah, I, I figured it out, like, in the very beginning because Amelia liked the Flargon cake. And yeah, okay. That- I, I would never... I, I don't think I, I ever knew she was going to be Rathcodian. I think that was more shocking yeah. for me, too. Um, yeah. 
Well, it's because she was so quirky and like, so I didn't catch that, but my friend was like, yeah, I figured it out after she ate the foreground cake and liked it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Like they, they yeah. did a good job of like slight foreshadowing, but it not being like the main Hitting thing. you over the head. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I think past seasons would have done. Oh, for sure. No, we would have known she was a like alien within like the first couple episodes. Um, yeah. But I... I like so this episode also establishes the new threat. Um, now that the most of the sports are being taken care of, um, we get this also funny moment where uh, Jade is reading a announcement in Buzz Blast, um, mm-hmm. and it has a dumb joke that made me giggle. But she's reading cards, and as she's oh, reading yeah. the announcement, she's now turn card over, and she keeps going. Uh, yeah, I thought that was cute. Uh, but Void Queen and uh, Mucus show up to take a hijack the announcement, and Void Queen begins her next. Uh, step of her plan, mm-hmm. which is to create a cocoon um, and begin absorbing the Sporex. Um, and there's some fun moments in all this um, as the Rangers discover it and then head back to Dino Hinge. Um, there's this one line I loved of, t- of Tessa of um, yeah, Izzy's where she's like, Ollie, you usually have a theory. What is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of cute moments like that. But we find out that this cocoon that she's building is gathering energy each time she absorbs the Sporex. Um, it makes it more powerful, and that at some point it is going to detonate. Um, and when it bursts, it's going to destroy everything within a 30-mile radius. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you've watched Rue Soldier, you kind of know where we're headed, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool... It's it's the most intense, I think, something has felt in Power Rangers before for me. Because mm-hmm. um, normally it's like, oh, the threat is they're going to just destroy everything, and that's not yeah we're never given metrics for how bad it's gonna be (laughs) yeah and we actually get a rendered yes (laughs) which we don't normally get in power rangers but we get that rendering of the explosion and what it's gonna do um and they and i think they make a good point of like we have to evacuate everybody and then like someone even mentions like no that's gonna destroy like the plant life and the animals like like plants and animals are never usually like except for wild force um, yeah are never usually like considered as a casualty for the series but like for them to just flat out say no this is going to destroy the plant and animal life too like this is like it, it definitely gives us this grav- gravitas that we don't normally see in a power rangers finale yeah yep 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 and it shows just how far void queen is willing to go to get her revenge on the humans um and so the next bit of this is like obviously the sporks are still causing issues the rangers go to mm-hmm. deal with that and as mm-hmm. they're about to head off amelia gets pulled aside by pop pop who uh reveals that hey she needs to go to area 62 because there are likely documents about her parents and this might yeah. be her last chance to get those if yeah. the cocoon detonates um yeah i like this because it was a nice justification for why amelia would separate um yeah it has an emotional stake and it makes sense um and this leads to a great sequence where uh, Amelia heads down into Area 62 to begin searching. Yeah. Um, she breaks in by teleporting and other things. Um, and in the process, she comes across Warden Garcia, it mm-hmm. seems, until yeah. it's revealed to be Slyther. And there's a great moment where Slyther's like, what are you doing in our base? And she's like, what? This is your base? And Slyther's like, I mean... You didn't like it. It's this great moment yeah. of Slyther being like, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Slyther fully intends to kill Amelia, which I, I'm oh, like, yeah. 
Um, but there's a great like unmorphed fight between Amelia and Slyther as they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe at, before this, Slyther destroys her morpher, so she's not yeah. able to morph or call for help. Um, yep. And as Slyther is as they're fighting, and Slyther takes the advantage, and he's about to take the final blow, Ollie steps in to protect her, which I really liked and thought was sweet. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, then- I also love the line that Izzy does when she gives her her, her new morpher, where she's like, yeah. morphers, easy to replace, you, not so much. Like, that was, I thought that was a very genuinely sweet moment. Yeah, it's a nice moment, too, and it's less like Rangers being like, why did you leave us by yourself? It's like, no, we get it, here, yeah. this is easier to replace than you. I saw some people being mad that they gave her a new morpher so easily, and I'm like, well, no, it makes sense to me. The morpher is the easy part, the thing that she would need is the ranger key, which is the only thing that Amelia can summon. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the well, part that, like, didn't get destroyed. Yeah, I also took it more as, like, the risk communicator got destroyed that would summon the Morpher. Yeah, understandable. Like, so they're like, they're bringing but, her the, the, the Morpher because she can't teleport it. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's the way I looked at it, personally, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, but this now leads to m- another of my favorite moments in this, is the Rangers actually get to go to the villain's base. Yep. And this has Which happened before... Is- yeah, it's happened before in Power Rangers, but I love this because it's so yeah. cool. <laughs> well, um, it's always fun seeing the, them out of costume and in the location. Um, yes, and even when they were in costume, there was some really good like acting from the stunt people. Yeah, as they're like finding the like trails of mucus, and they're like Izzy sitting on the throne yes. was also very good. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Like, <laughs> shout out to that suit actor because that. That was definitely a very fun moment. Yeah, it was. It was also just well acted. I just liked. Um, there's even like a great emotional moment. Like it's a little hand up, but Amelia does find the safe. She goes to open it. It is empty. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Amelia gets spook snared. Yep. <laughs> um, it callback. is. It is. I was like, okay, mwah, bravo, good job. Um, yeah. And Void King has arrived, and he blasts the other rangers out of Morph, um, and is, like, going to kill them. And he's yeah. like, you entered my home uninvited, and now you will never leave. And I am... Uh, they get just this really great moment uh, where Amelia, like he's about to attack them and kill them, and Amelia's able to reach out and touch him. And in that moment, yeah. their minds meld. And Amelia sees all of his memories. He sees mm-hmm. what she knows. And when we get mm-hmm. a lot of just essentially what happens in the explosion or mm-hmm. how Tarek and Centaur got here, how they were kept by humans, mm-hmm. um, kind of the progression of like everything that happens leading up to the beginning of the show. Um, the interesting thing I noticed is like um, when we see Tarek discover the Chroma Fury Saber and yeah. the like Dino Knight Arbor, it is their normal color it's not the purple dino or like chromo Mm -hmm. fury saber which is a little weird but like we can assume that when he finally figured out how to morph it changed to we can no prize that um but it is interesting i am curious if that came with him and santora or if that was a thing that maybe had been discovered through like excavations maybe i Uh, assumed it was excavations yeah because zato had the dino fury the the dino knight armor in flashbacks on earth yeah yeah, yeah. So that that's how I took it, was that it got lost in the battle and Tarek found it. I would also assume that probably a Chroma Fury Saber got lost in battle, and so in the 65 million years, uh, 
Solon built another one to replace it. Yeah, that makes that's, yeah, perfectly that's makes the assumption. Sense. Yeah. yeah, that's the assumption I made. Like, I thought about that too because I was like, oh, it is kind of a plot hole, but like, it's one of those things that like they don't have to explain it. Um, and of course, Tarek was wearing purple in the flashback, so it's just assumed that his favorite color is purple, and that just that took on the morphing grid took that on for him. So yeah, uh, and just it's it's a nice <clears throat> moment because like obviously like he starts freaking out when he realizes that Amelia is his daughter. He gets cured of the Void King form. Um, and they have a nice moment together, yes. um, and they get to like start to formulate what's going to happen. Um, the city yeah. is apparently gridlocked, and there's no way everyone will be evacuated in time yep. before the yeah. cocoon hatches, as Tarek reveals. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, it's just it's, it's a it's a nice ratcheting of tension as this episode ends. Yeah. yeah, you get like a really good moment where you know Daddy's home. Um, <laughs> and uh i'm sorry okay i have such a crush on him it's it's sad i know um but like it in all seriousness though like they, they do a really good job of balancing like like you said the layering like you remove one layer now because Tarek is now cured of his you know possession by the sporics and now we're like oh he knows the actual plan like it's not just an explosion but something worse is coming um and i I think i think one thing that this show has continued to do overall is like layer in the seeds for them to sprout naturally because as we saw in uh episode 19 when izzy and javi went evil what cured them love and yep. I, I think it, it all builds up into the next episode and the overall arcing theme of Dino Fury, which we can talk about with the next episode. Yep. So with that, we'll move on to the series finale of Dino Fury with the Nemesis. Yes. Um, so we get immediately, we're back in the moment. The Rangers are freaking out because it's not there's not a way to evacuate. Oh, the cocoon is not just a cocoon. It's going to hatch and turn into something. Um, Tarek's not 100% sure what... Um, and they're like, well, we have to get to Void Queen. We have to make her understand. They're like, well, she has no idea her daughter is someone that she's trying to destroy. Um, and Tarek comes w- up with an idea of how to mm-hmm. delay the destruction of Pine Ridge. <laughs> yeah. In a sense. Um, and he goes down and takes the Dino Knight armor and morphs one last time into Void yep. Knight. Yep. Um, his morph cry is Void Armor. Um, yeah. And he takes the cocoon out of Pine Ridge for it to detonate. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like when the Rangers get to Tarek after it's detonated. Um, he's laying there with these shattered pieces of the Dino Knight armor morpher around him. Yeah. I just like that. That was a nice touch. It was, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we get the glorious new creature that is hatched from the cocoon as Void Queen reveals herself in the chest of the Nemesis Beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this great triumphant evil moment of this horrific monster. Yeah. Um, and we get some great lines not only from Void Queen, but from the Rangers, because uh, Javi is like, it's big, but we've taken down bigger. And uh, Izzy is like, can we get a fact check on that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great. That, that was a good uh, moment. Um, and, and I think it's such a clever way for them to reuse the, the final fight from Ryu Soldier. Um, yes. And, and again, it kind of, going back to the tropes, like turning the main villain into an evil Zord, that's, it, it felt very fun to me because that's such a Disney-era callback. 
I think. Yeah. But that's it just is, me. And, 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 but, like, I, I want to take it a step further in this kind of conversation of using what's there and taking it and making something new. We're going to get yeah. to a moment in a little bit where... <clears throat> They do something insane with the footage that they have from your yeah. soldier. Um, they take what the pieces and make a really cool set piece. Uh, and I, I yeah. love all of it. Um, but uh, so the Rangers summon Megazords to try and keep the Nemesis Beast mm-hmm. um, back. They yeah. summon all three Megazords, make three different formations. Um, Izzy and Javier are in one, uh, Ion is in one, Ollie and Zato are in another, and Amelia is trying to get to Void Queen to try to, yeah, interact with her to get her to understand. Yeah. Um, and there, <laughs> one moment I want to call out in the Megazord fight, cause it's, it's pretty cool. It's three Megazords all teaming up on one, which you so rarely see. Um, mm-hmm. my favorite moment is, uh, during one point in the fight, the, Izzy and Javi pop up to fight uh, the Nemesis Beast. They're like, Team Gasar- Team Garcia has entered the chat. And then they get knocked yeah. away. They're like, oh, we're leaving the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a lot of um, fun. It's, it's writing modern day style. Yes. <laughs> instead of writing like their teens in the, two- in the 1990s. And I also love that just it's like, again, it's that thing of having these cockpits. You're able to do interesting things with yeah. like certain characters being in certain swords. Um, then... Which- Mm-hmm. Oh, I was saying, which hats off to the original footage from the Sentai because this the mega the choreography in that fight, yeah, so well done, so well. Like it, it just I I I know that we might be leaving Sentai adaptations behind, um, but it does make me kind of sad because like I know it really started with Ryu Soldier and Q Ranger, but like the modern day mecha choreography and like the how dynamic it is, like it just it was really eye popping. Yeah, and it was so well done. You know, pour one out for them, but I'm also going to say there's stuff after this that like, makes me yes. excited for what oh, yeah. Cosmic Fury can do. Um, yeah, But Agreed. I do want to say, in the moment when uh, Void Queen finally does away with all the Megazords, it's a wonderful little Buffy reference. I don't know if they meant it to be, um, but she says, bored now, and wipes all of them away, <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Um, yeah. And in this next sequence, the Rangers, now the Zords are down, the Rangers have to try to fight on their own. Um, and Amelia is, like, flying in from the top, uh, it says the line, who wants to see something wild, which I think is a fun kind of callback to Dino Charge. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is. And then the coolest sequence of the finale, um, the Rangers are having a fight on a giant monster. (laughs) Yeah. And And we say this- in. Yes. It, this this is not like in Sentai where they're like standing on a soundstage that looks like the chest of a monster. They are literally scaling this monster, Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it it's awesome. Um, and it it's uh, it, there's like different moments with different rangers fighting off, like as henchmen are summoned. Uh, and then my favorite part is the part I didn't realize the first time I watched it, but it was pointed out by many people. That they use the morphing call sequence, like when the Rangers are yeah. doing their roll call. Yep. They use that footage in this fight to make fight moments. Yeah. And it's just, it's genius. It's so like it's Galaxy Brain on their part. Yeah. It's, it's so smart to use that footage. It's something they don't have to film. They just have to composite in Hingeman. 
Mm-hmm. It's just really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. Like the, this scene in particular, like the choreography, the, gr- the use of green screen and compositing, they they did such a good job. And like it, it really is nothing like we've seen in Power Rangers before. And I think that's what Dino Fury's kind of done is like it challenges like how you film the series, how it looks, what it looks like. And I, I I just think it's so dynamic, like how they were scaling her. Like it's. I think yeah. it also does a good job of demonstrating how desperate the situation is. They've lost their Zords. Like, this is literally, I mean, it always is, but like, this, it just feels like a moment where you're like, oh, this is how bad things are right now. Yeah, it, it feels less like a, like, sometimes in like some of the Disney seasons, I'll say, it feels like there has to be like, it's like, okay, you lose the Zords. Okay, you do this. Okay, you do this. Now they defeat the monster. Now we go back to normal. It yeah. feels rote. This doesn't. This feels like a a ratcheting of the tension as, like, she takes away their zords. They have to fight her as people. Okay, she knocks them all down. Um, And we get, like, a great moment uh, as Amelia's leaping to get to Void Queen. Like, Mm -hmm. Void Queen blasts her and shatters her helmet. Yes, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) And Amelia's literally hanging on by her feet. And when she... uh, is is trying to reach out to her and void queen is able to knock her away and we get what is probably also one of my favorite shots is the rangers literally plummeting down from this monster and yeah. landing at its feet and demorphing yeah. Yeah. um and it sets up this moment for zato to use the master saber's ultimate attack mm-hmm. and it makes it feel epic um, yes. and this is real soldier footage obviously but it's done in such a way they were able to build this moment with the rangers on the nemesis beast and ratchet up the tension so that when Zato does this final moment, it feels final. Yeah. Uh, like the, it, the gravity of the situation is there and like they've obviously foreshadowed it in prior episodes when they almost used it. But yes. it, it's a very well done moment and granted quite a bit of it is Sentai footage as well, but like, the music, the ADR from Russell, like it. Oh god, when he says goodbye, old friend, yeah, breaks my like, heart. <laughs> yeah, like it, you get the gravity of the situation and what's happening, and even the Rangers as they react out of costume, like to what Zato is doing, like it, the desperation yeah. is there, and like you, it, it feels like this is it. Literally, is the only way. Yeah. Like, you uh, don't have that feeling of, like, well, they could do this. They could turn it around and do this. And you almost expect them to do that, but then they don't. Like, it, ha- it has consequences. Yeah, and so Zato uses the attack. It wipes out the nemesis beast, knocks it mm-hmm. down. And there's this moment of the rangers, like, yelling and searching for Zato and Amelia. And there's, like, this really great tension of just, like, <laughs> like... Tessa does a great job with the well, where's Amelia? I can't see her. Yeah. <laughs> it's this yeah. it just it, again keeping that tension of this moment, keeping the reality of the moment for them. Um, also, yeah. I want to shout out whoever picked this set location. Mm-hmm. Uh, great job! I love this like beachy area that they're shooting in. It looks great. They did a great yeah. job with the coloring too because it feels very yeah. desolate. Um, and the Rangers are reeling from zato's sacrifice thinking mm-hmm. they've won when void queen pops up yeah uh, and, the, and she and is about are still on the ground yes they're littered all around her and she is about to summon her nemesis beast when at the last moment amelia grabs her 
mm-hmm. um, and is able to show her her memories and uh, able to cure Void Queen. Yeah. Um, I will say I don't love Santora's costume in this moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once she's out of the Void Queen. I, I do think um, they're trying to cover the fact that the actress is pregnant. Was she actually pregnant? Is, yes. She was oh my actually God, pregnant. I didn't know that. Yes. That is why she will be pregnant in the later scene. But yes, I yeah. think that is okay. why she is wearing the outfit she is wearing because it is meant to mask the fact she is pregnant. That okay. is why it's really baggy and really big and kind of flowy and has a lot of things to it. I think they were trying to cover the fact that she is pregnant. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. She was nine months pregnant doing Dino Fury. So shout outs to uh, Santora slash Void Queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, yeah. Okay. I don't I love it, something. but <laughs> yes, I don't love it, but um, I, I, I'm at fine they, with at it. At least they didn't have her. <laughs> at least they didn't have her like pop out of the Void Queen suit holding a fern. Yeah, or or, or do the purse. like Le- or Lily's mom is hot. <laughs> oh god, I always forget about that. Yeah, uh, at least they didn't uh, do that. There is like it is there. There's a nice tender moment though with Centora, you know, embracing Amelia and like having this really mm-hmm. genuine moment of like, my daughter, you're alive. Yeah. Um, and then the Morphin Masters show up because you know they gotta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. They gather all those Sporex, take them away. The Rangers are like, no, you need to bring Zato back. And they're like, we're sorry. You know, he can't. He's all around you. He's, you know, one with the Morphin Grid. Um, mm-hmm. And I do love the Rangers, like, question that, like, all these, like, well, what does that mean? They're like, well, you'll never forget him and he'll always be with you. Um, yeah. And we get this really heartbreaking line from Jordan where he says, we'll miss you, Zato. Yeah. Uh, then we flash forward six months. Um. Amelia's got new hair, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. Uh, and we see that uh, Tarek and Centora are trying to decorate a crib. So that means yeah. uh, they wasted no time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no, I mean. Understandable, but still. Um, and there's a, gr- a really cute reference here when they're discussing baby uh, yeah. like paint colors where they say Briarwood green, Corinthian sunset, and ocean bluff blue. Which I'm like, yeah, okay, um, always fun. Yes, and when we get uh, a kind of like update on where the Rangers are, Izzy is breaking records as a track star. She's gonna go to Oakdale and like be with her uh, with Fern. Um, mm-hmm. Izzy or Ion has a new restaurant. Um, you know, the, the uh, Rafconians are now yeah. living in Area 62. And we get a nice other little fun reference where Jane uh, talks about the uh, launching a Buzz Blast Angel Grove. <laughs> um, there's also a cute little poster of Dr. Sly's Magical Mushroom Circus with yeah. uh, <laughs> Slyther and Mucus on there. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then as the Rangers are kind of basking in the moment, kind of realizing where they are, they get a call from Solon that there's a weird energy spike within Dino Hinge. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers show up, and there is a ghostly apparition there, which immediately excites Amelia. <laughs> yeah. She's like, ghosts are real. Uh, yes. She's like, I knew it. I'm going to be the first to record this. Um, but then it reveals itself to be a Power Ranger in all light. Except for their red helmets. Yeah. 
uh, and it's Sato, the Morphin Masters have given him new powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he reveals that Lord Zed has escaped. Uh, and the final moment is the Rangers morphing and doing a pose towards the camera, ready to fight. Mm-hmm. I love this. Um, when I yeah. hit the end of it the first time, I was like, uh, this might be one of my favorite seasons now. This is like top yeah. five for me, at least. I yeah. loved all of this. Yeah, it's it's so good at how they like resolve the story arcs, but also like leave you new threads to get excited for what could happen next. And of course, we now know yeah. that's going to be Cosmic Fury. I am curious to see how we go from the Dino Fury suits to the Cosmic Fury suits or if we'll even get like a time skip. Um but I agree. I, I definitely think that this finale, having watched through the series twice now, it it definitely cements itself as a top five season for myself. Um, and basically, one of the things that I love about this finale in general, and that I really love about Dino Fury as a whole, is that the overarching theme is love. Yeah. Love for family, your friends, for food, whatever it might be, like love just continues to be like a overarching theme for the season and love is eventually what wins the day like yes zato destroys the nemesis beast and sacrifices himself to get to the victory but like you mentioned void queen could have just resummoned the nemesis right then yeah like if amelia hadn't intervened that's probably what would have happened and probably the world would have been destroyed um yeah and i think it's just it's so refreshing to see that to see that message of like in the end love wins it i know this is a thing you probably wouldn't necessarily say but i I can say it it feels very sailor moon in that kind of way of like it it is not the fight that matters it is the emotion of it It is the like connections that we make that's what will ultimately save us i really love that um too and just it's it's so good and like i i do love the fact that like void queen's final reason for destroying everything is that they took her kid that yeah. they imprisoned her and took her kid and that yeah. is understandable yeah, and that it's like, only by getting her back and realizing the potential of what she could have the future she could have with her daughter that's mm-hmm. what saves her like her that's the thing and it's yeah yeah it's it's a very power thing to be like i want to destroy the world but i think there's something like incredibly human about what santora is feeling yeah. um and it's kind of amazing that they held off telling us what it was yeah. for so long in this show yeah. well and even like the thematic elements of her as a villainess when she starts taking over when she's like these are my children i'm the mother of sporex like yeah it, it's all that process, makes sense now yeah it's her process of grieving her lost daughter like yeah. she santora saw an opportunity to get her revenge but also to make a family that she never had yes and i think it also delves into the idea of power and it corrupting you and like that that I, dear listeners those of you that are listening i am playing through persona 5 for the first time um <laughs> and it feels very like that's her palace like that's yeah. very her desire to get revenge has distorted her viewpoint after she got powered by sporex and corrupted and like she in ways that i think even she didn't anticipate um yeah yeah I for agree. Sure. It's, a, it's a very like human reaction like what mother wouldn't burn the world to avenge her child like yeah that's i and again i think it's just love is the motivator for the heroes and the villains and it's interesting to see how love gets distorted like and creates you know we talked about this before but like the uh 
the very toxic relationship that Santora and Tarek have, thanks to the corruption of the Sporex. Like, it just... Yeah. It's all very wonderfully done, and I... It's something that Power Rangers hasn't seen very often. Like, For sure. Like, we've gotten the idea of, like, love conquers all, and love brings things back to life, and, like, we've, we've gotten that, but, like, this is the first time I think the series has taken love as a lens and said, okay... What happens when love gets distorted? What happens when... You know, it, it's just, it's really interesting. I think from a writing perspective and from a Power Rangers perspective, especially for those of us that have been around since the beginning, um, you know, it's this year's the 30th anniversary. God help us. Um, yeah. But like, well, it's something we've I, not it, seen. It, in, 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 it's not in something we've not seen. It's also just like it adds something to it. It adds a dynamism to like the villain plots. It, it it just adds something to those characters and makes them more meaty than just like I'm a villain and I'm going to destroy everything. And like yeah. that's fine, but I think it, this really does add things. Um, I do want to ask, um, mm-hmm. what do you think of the white suit? I you think- can be honest. I think it's it looks off. I think they should have. I think they should have committed to the bit. They I would have made the helmet white. The, the, the hel- helmet should have been the helmet should have been white. I think they should have gotten rid of the red accents. Honestly, it, I I think I'm fine clashes. with the red. I think I'm fine with the red chest point and the red yeah. jewel. The helmet needs to not be red. Yeah. The helmet should be white. Yeah, uh, I, I, I I understand I think- what they were doing. But yeah, um, I I don't necessarily think they should have like I don't I think everything else being white and the red being concentrated there they needed to either add yeah. red somewhere else on it or yeah. they needed to make the helmet white and only have the red be on the chest emblem. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it was very jarring and obviously we're we're not gonna get this suit full time in the next season. Um, I feel like they made it not knowing what was going to happen next, so they kind of kept that suit to be a Dino Fury suit, so it would have that iconology. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they didn't have them designed. I do think it's interesting that elements of that suit have ended up in the Cosmic Fury suits. Yeah. Like, the cape, like, the chest emblem from the, yeah. like, uh, Rafconian armor. Yeah. Um, but, that being said, I, I I don't hate it as much. I think a lot of people got their hopes up that it was going to be yeah. the orion the shishi orion suit from q ranger and i think that was the problem a lot of people had yeah um, well let, yeah, let's, let's that, be let's be honest here we we will be at the power rangers 50th anniversary and people will still complain about no q ranger q ranger still exists go watch it yeah, yeah like, you can go like, watch it anytime what, that's what happened with die ranger until they finally adapted the die ranger suits like it and and you know from what we understand um I don't know if we do. We want to talk about the rumors about Cosmic Fury while we have a moment, or I, I, do think, we... I think we could. Um, but all all I have to say at the end of the day is, it's a piece of fabric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is a piece of fabric, and it, it just again, it appears on one episode, and like you said, it's not going to appear next season. Probably, yeah. we will get the the. We will probably jump into them having the new suits pretty quickly, um, but. Any last thoughts on Dino Fury before we kind of jump into that Cosmic Fury news and then we'll wrap things up? I I am so... I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am so grateful and happy that we 
got this season that we yeah. did. Mm-hmm. I I think this is honestly a masterclass of Power Rangers and what it could be. Um, yep. I think given the fact that this was the last season to air on Nickelodeon and to be in that traditional TV format, um, looking at the past decade of what we've seen from Power Rangers... I think it was a beautiful send-off for what Power Rangers has always been and what it will be. And yep. I think it's also a good launching point for what it could be. So yep. I am grateful. This is definitely a top five, probably even a top three series for me for Power Rangers. Um, nice. The cast, the crew, everything right down to every little detail. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot think of a single episode that I did not like of this season. And I am grateful. So thank you to the cast, to the produ- production crew, everybody that was involved in this. I I thank you for giving me a love of Power Rangers back. So Definitely. Definitely. Um, and just kudos to the entire team from the cast, to the crew, to the set team, to Simon and mm-hmm. the writers. Um, I think they all did a great job. And it is just truly a, a great season. Um, and they should be very happy with what they did with this. Yeah. Um, they should be very proud. And, uh, yeah. Um, and it's very exciting to see what we're going to get from Cosmic Fury when that oh, drops yeah. this year. Um, with that, um, if you don't want to hear discussion about what potentially could be happening in Cosmic Fury and potential spoilers, hey, you can wrap the episode up here. Um, join us next week for more fun talks about Power Rangers. Um, but if you want to stick around, I'll give you five seconds. So, uh, if you've not been on Power Rangers news sites, um, people have noticed in some of the behind the scenes photos that people, uh, that the cast have been posting, uh, in the background of certain shots of the cast, you can see, uh, essentially concept art for the Rangers, and there's a seventh Ranger among them that's orange. Uh, and if you know Q Ranger, you know that there is an orange sword there and an mm-hmm. orange ranger in that team. Uh, so it seems like we're potentially getting a seventh ranger for Cosmic Fury. Um, and the rumors are that it's going to be Fern and that she will be our orange Cosmic Fury ranger. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this? <laughs> I think it's... I think it's going to be fun. Um, yes. I, I, think, I think it would be a very interesting dynamic to see... Because at this point, you know, the six rangers we've got, they're veterans. They know what they're up to. They know what to expect. I, I think bringing Fern in is kind of similar to how we're going to be getting Trini's daughter in the 30th anniversary special and the rumors that are yeah. accompanying that um, with her taking the mantle of the yellow Mighty Morphin Power Ranger. Um, I, I think it's good because Fern is going to give us a newbie perspective. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, is Izzy going to mentor her? How does... How does Fern change the dynamic of the team? What does she get to do? Will we get maybe a storyline where Fern becomes a better ranger than Izzy really fast and then Izzy has to deal with that jealousy moment? Or, you know, like what it's going to bring some really interesting dynamics into the series, I think. Yeah. And I'm actually really excited about it. I think Fern is an obvious choice to be a ranger, and I I can't wait to see what happens next. Um I have to do some rewrites <sighs> for my RPG because of this, but it's fine. Um <laughs> Because uh, Fern actually made a cameo in the RPG recently, so that was fun. Um, yeah, but yeah. You know, I, I think that... we could just say it's before she went into space. Don't worry. 
Don't worry. Place I, already in between. Got the, I already got the writing gears in place. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, did you also see like the behind the scenes footage that had some of the weapons in it, and that yeah. we see an orange claw as well that will likely be the Orange Ranger's weapon? Um, yeah. What I'll be interested to see is what the helmet will be if it'll just, just be a recolor. I I think they're going to recolor the green Dino Fury helmet. Okay, I could see them doing that, like either recoloring it or remolding it to look more like a scorpion. Okay. So. Yeah, that's my thinking. Or, I, or would they they maybe take the Dimetrazord and like try to craft it so it looks like the Dimetrazord, so it's at least a dinosaur helmet? Yeah, they could. I mean, anything is possible at this point. Yeah, I am so. intrigued. Uh, it, I'm curious if we will get any other color rangers showing up, um, because the thing that people have pointed out, there was another cast member that we don't know anything about yet mm-hmm. in that cast photo, uh, because the other big, like, tipping point for this is, um, there was a cast picture of the rangers when they were doing one of the table reads, and in front of each of the rangers were bottles assigned to their color, yeah. for the most part. Um, so we could see more rangers potentially showing up. I am excited. Um, yeah. the other, the other rumor that has come out about Cosmic Fury, um, is that we will get a ranger from a, hmm, oh yeah, ha- <clears throat> that we will be getting a ranger from a previous season that never got to be on their season. Yep. And that is the Dark Ranger. And that Ryan Carter will be returning as Heckle to play him on screen in Cosmic Fury. Yeah. And when I tell you if this is true, I will scream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will. Anything, <sighs> anything is possible. I mean, hell, it's entirely possible that we get some, you know, Q Ranger footage that we never got. Like, yeah, anything could happen. I. Part of me thinks that the plot of Cosmic Fury is that Zed is going to be building a united alliance of evil. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like, we huh. see past villains get recruited. Because, yeah. you know, they don't have to use the Q-Ranger villains. They they, they, they have to use... No, they've the actively said they've actively said they're not using the Q-Ranger villains. That That's they will right. be using new ones and returning favorites, is what they have said. Yeah, so, so, yeah, we're I, definitely getting something... Yeah, I I hope this means that Beyond the Grid is... I mean, obviously the comics are canon to an extent, so, like, seeing comic footage and material get made on screen is a lot of fun. And I, I think there's yeah. a lot they could do, especially um, given how Heckle gets the powers in the comic and Zen, what happens with Zenowing and what happened, unfortunately, with uh, Zenowing's voice actor in real life, Alistair Brown, unfortunately passing a while back. Um, there's a lot they could do. They could... There's... I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. I mean, one thing that I really like is that we're getting our Mighty Morphin anniversary special to really hold the weight of Mighty Morphin. So it's kind of like, what can the other seasons see represented in Cosmic Fury? Yeah. And I, I'm just excited because like, I, I hope he ends up in a fight scene because I want them to do something oh, with that will. boomerang weapon. That's yeah. all I want. I just want to see that boomerang weapon get used in some kind of form. Yeah. Uh, I... It's just like, if that is happening, I like I said, I will scream. And also, hey, Hasbro, run me my lightning collection figure of the Dark Ranger. <laughs> yeah, they will. They'll, th- yeah, that that's going to happen. Um, uh, and I'm just I'm excited for like Ryan to get to like morph. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's going to be something that he'll be really happy to see. And like, I think it's going to be really good for it as well. So yeah. thinking of that, think because this means anything can happen. I mean, 
and we don't know. We have no Sentai footage to really go off of aside from Megazord battles. So thinking of that, what is like besides this, what is your like if this happens on screen, I will lose my shit moment or like what what is something that you want to see fan service wise from Cosmic Fury? Um I mean, I would love them to go back to Onyx. Some yeah. version of Onyx. Yeah. That would be great. Just just it can be a brief scene at Onyx. If that's how Heckle comes back, is oh. that he that he's at Onyx and he has like an astronomer type moment? Yeah. Where like maybe he rescues one of the Qtamas and brings it to the Cosmic Fury team. Yeah. I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... But what about you, Kevin? Yeah. I would love to see nods to the extended canon of the series. Yeah. Let a Hyperforce Ranger appear, you know, bring in, oh. a, bring in a comic series. I I would actually love to see them do something with the pre-Sentai teams. Like, maybe we get to see information on the Supersonic Rangers. Maybe we see something like a nod or something basic like that. I, yeah. I think acknowledging the extended canon would be a lot of fun. And you know, they could have Paul come back and play Jack yeah. very easily. I'm also just like, you know who would come back and play something that I, I bet would be really fun to draw in from the comics. Have the Red Psycho Ranger come back. That actor loves doing conventions. Have him come back and just do a line and have him fucking morph into the Psycho Ranger on screen. I would love that. Uh, There's so much that you could do that could just touch on different things. They did Hyperforce. I would. Oh, my God. (sighs) Like, I I don't know if they could commission a full Hyperforce suit with the budget, but. Yeah, but I mean, if if they've got the Dark Ranger suit why not (laughs) i mean mean, unless they had to remake the dark ranger suit but i'm sure they probably just had to ship it from japan but yeah anything can happen and i think that's what's really exciting Um, yeah i also hope that we get to see the other dimensions like if heckle is coming back that means they have to go to the dino charge dimension in some way or format or at least acknowledge it and so i would love to see rpm like bring back olivia as dr k that would be fabulous oh like there there is so much potential and that's what like I'm yeah. excited for, but then at the same time, like also it's a ten episode season and I don't I also don't want our cosmic fury rangers to get overshadowed. So it's it's a balance, right? Um Yeah. yeah. Who, who I knows? think if there's a good plot reason to bring a character in, bring yeah. them in. And yeah. it, clearly that's what they're doing, especially if that the heckle is one of the things that they're like coming back with. Uh, I also just like it as a treat to the fans because goodness knows during Dino Charge, we were all like, when is the when is the Talon Ranger going to show up? Because we all thought that Mm -hmm. Morpher was right. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But again, it's just that thing of like, I'm so excited that Cosmic Fury can do this kind of thing and that we are potentially getting something really special and really cool. Yeah. And I, Um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with Power Rangers. Yeah. Because, again, this is kind of kicking open the door. Yes. Um, if this does well, if this is well-received, Hasbro could be like, well, we can just kind of do our own. Like, maybe use the Zord footage from Japan, but, like, create your own stories and, like, really go off the rails in ways they hadn't before. Yeah. Um, or, just, again. Or be more willing to shoot original footage. Like. Yeah. Like, imagine if they adapted Lupin Ranger and just Lupin Ranger only. <sighs> and, like, they just shot original footage around all that. 
my kingdom. My kingdom for just the Lupin Raider. Like, look, sidestep the cop part. Just just give me the thieves, which is, like, the more interesting part of the show anyways. But that's um, a whole yeah. other discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anything can happen, and I think it's going to be a lot anything of fun. Anything Yep, for sure. Um, but... With that said, that'll wrap up our show for today. If mm-hmm. you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up at Twitter at MayThePowerPod or send us an email at MayThePowerPod at gmail.com. Feel free to send comments, suggestions, topic ideas, things you want to hear us rant about. Or if you're interested in coming on as a guest host, we're definitely happy to have new people on and have new voices. Um, yep. We might be able to get something fun happening soon on that front. Uh, I got to do a little bit of work and, you know, uh, swallow my anxiety about reaching out to people but Mm. we'll see we'll see (laughs) uh but with that said uh, you can find me on most social media at thespis punk and where can they find you kevin i'm out there like as of this episode i'm taking a (laughs) short break from social media but um Mm -hmm. you can find me i'm around if there's a bridge mt it's probably kevin (laughs) well yeah that's that's true so uh but uh, with that said, again, guys, thank you guys for listening and joining us and getting to listen to us rant and rave and talk about how much we love these things. Um, it's going to be interesting going forward because we don't really have topic ideas yet, but we will find some cool things to discuss. I have a couple ideas for things we can go over. Mm. Uh, but with that said, as always, may, may the, the power, power protect, protect you. you.